Welcome to Depth of Field, a program highlighting the careers, experience, and accomplishments of alumni of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. I'm your host, Allison Biss. Along the way, our alumni will share advice they have for anyone looking to work in the wide variety of media fields. And that's why we call it Depth of Field. Welcome back to Depth of Field. Today's guest is Jason Eichler, a 2012 BCA grad from our master's program here at Central Michigan University. Jason is the executive director of video and development at Hearst Magazines. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you on the show. As a current student myself, I'm looking forward to chatting with you about your experience since you graduated, and I'm sure many other students and prospective students are eager to learn from you as well. So let's jump right in. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what you do in your current role at Hearst Magazines? Yeah, so my role is a little bit of a hybrid. It's TV and film development, and then a little bit of digital video production. So I'm at Hearst Magazines. So there's Hearst Television, Hearst News, and Hearst Magazines. A little confusing. So I work across our brands. We've got Cosmo, Men's Health, Women's Health, Harper's Bazaar, Al, Oprah, a bunch of them, to take some of their existing IP, like articles that journalists have written, and develop it into TV and film. And then we're doing a lot of just like traditional TV and film development because we've got a lot of great relationships with talent. So working on sizzles and decks, pitching them to networks and then overseeing production once they get made into a TV show. And then I also have, because I started at Hearst at Cosmo, so I've got a lot of digital experience. So I have a team under me that does digital video for Snapchat. So we oversee all of their Hearst original series. We work a lot with the brands. If there's like a successful YouTube series on men's health, we'll pitch it to Snap and try to get it made. And then we'll do like mini documentaries for the brands once a quarter, some celebrity stuff, some lifestyle stuff, a little bit of everything. Would you say every day is different? Is it the same? Every day is pretty different. Uh, There's a lot of It's a lot of meetings, honestly, a lot of meetings with lawyers. There's a lot of pitching, a lot of talking to talent. And then when we're on set, that's pretty much like the only thing you're doing that day. But yeah, a lot of hopping back and forth from meetings, watching cuts, but there's not really a traditional day, which I like. Absolutely. When you graduated, you know that this was what you wanted to do or that you'd be doing this in the future? Or did it just kind of come up out of nowhere? I initially wanted to do entertainment news and I did red carpet hosting for a while. And after like two or three years, I was really bored of it. You like stand on a red carpet and you wait for a celebrity to give an interview that they don't want to give. (laughs) So it's just like, after a while, you're like, okay, what else can I do? When I first left or graduated from Central, digital video wasn't really like in existence. I think BuzzFeed had just started doing like digital content. So I sort of just like fell into it. And I got a job at Cosmo sort of as the digital like video craze was happening. I always knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry doing production, but I feel like it changes as the industry changes. Is it hard to prepare for a career when it changes so much? No, because I think it's the same people that are changing with it. So as long as you have like a good network around you, and then you're a hard worker, I think it's pretty easy to bounce from one thing to the other. Would you say that some of the skills that you learned at CMU helped you prepare for that? Or were you just kind of prepared for that from your undergrad degree? Um, Definitely all the like technical stuff, for sure. Like learning how production works, learning how to write, learning to run down. And then honestly, even in like the media law classes, I had no idea how much of my job would be like on calls with lawyers in any position you're in. So that helps a lot too. And then a lot of it, like when you start working 
you're going to be getting coffee and like organizing spreadsheets. You're not going to really be using your degree for the first couple of years. After that, you'll start using it again. But yeah, definitely helped. Were you involved with any co-curriculars at CMU or were you busy with internships or jobs? What was kind of your path while you were a student there? Uh, so I was really involved in New Central 34. And then I did a lot of MHTV shows as well. So that definitely helped. And I think just knowing how to act on set knowing which roles are what is probably the biggest thing that carries over. And then I did the TV Academy internship and so the Emmys Foundation. So I did their entertainment news program. And that was a really cool, like hands-on experience. I was at Extra, the entertainment news show. And so you would get to spend time on like a scripted set, on a reality set, backstage at like a music competition show. So you sort of got a hand into like at least seeing all of the different paths you could go on. And then the people I met at that internship helped me get my first job, my second job. So definitely made like good contacts that I still talk to today. It sounds like an amazing opportunity. And it also kind of sounds like a dream job of many super fans. How did you prepare for that? Was it hard to compose yourself when you're interacting in those situations? Maybe you see a celebrity. Is it easy to get starstruck? How do you kind of navigate through that? I think once you're around it, especially when you're starting off, you just have to pretend like you don't care. I'm like a born fangirl so I always care but really Mm. pretend like I don't I mean especially when you're like the intern you're the lowest person on the totem pole so you have to just act unfazed by everything I did I ended up I like have loved Kelly Clarkson since I was a kid and I finally got to interview her when I was at Cosmo and that was I like was shaking (laughs) like I, I pulled it together when we got there but that was definitely hard to pretend like I wasn't starstruck. You said you're a fangirl all the time. Can you just talk about what this experience has been like for you being able to meet various people in the industry and kind of do what you've always been wanting to do? I Mandy Moore was like my favorite person growing up. And two weeks ago, I got to like get on a Zoom with her and picture a show to be a part of. And it was just like such a surreal thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, on this call as her equal talking about a show was really crazy. And then doing like, when you go to the award shows, it's like you're seeing every celebrity ever. So it definitely is surreal. And if you, usually if you get invited to the shows, you'll get invited to the after parties. And so that's the weirdest thing where it's just like, all these A-listers you see just roaming around. It's but it's really fun. Is there a particular event working that was a standout moment for you aside from that Kelly Clarkson interview? That was definitely the highlight. We did a documentary for Seventeen magazine. I think it was two or three years ago where we went with a bunch of Make-A-Wish kids to the Grammys and they all had like their wish to be on the red carpet at the Grammys. And it was really cool to watch them see the celebrities for the first time, but on a red carpet, it's really hard, whatever outlet you are, to get like an A-lister to stop by and it's Make-A-Wish and nobody said no. So like J-Lo, Kylie Jenner, um, Lady Gaga, like are all coming up. So that was, and you're seeing these kids. So that was a really cool experience. What was the transition like going from working red carpet events, living in LA to moving to NYC and transitioning into your current role? It was actually a really natural. So when I was working red carpets, I also had a production job during the day. Um, I worked for a company called Pytown and they do like house hunters, flip or flop, all of the home reno stuff. So that was sort of my day job. And then I was doing red carpets at night. You don't get paid a ton, sometimes never for red carpets um, is what they don't tell you. But I, right before I moved to New York, I saw a posting on Facebook for, to produce Cosmos podcast. And I had done it like from my day job and it was just like one episode a week. And so the numbers grew a lot when I took over. And so the like video producer lead at Cosmo opened up. And so it was sort of an easy transition to be like, Hey, 
I have all this production experience. I know the celebrity world can I get this job? Um, and it worked out. With all that experience, do you have any advice for students maybe putting together a portfolio or a demo reel trying to get their foot in the door into this career path? I would say a couple of things. First of all, it's all about who you know, like more than your skill set. So like making sure you have contacts is probably the most important thing you can do. Use LinkedIn. CMU has really good alumni resources. Ask your professors. Even I always, even now at this point in my career, if I'm applying for a job, I do a LinkedIn search to see who I know there. It's really rare that you're going to get a job at a company just by seeing like an online listing. Usually if there's an online listing, that job is already filled. They just legally have to post it. And so I would say like do as many informational interviews as you can do a lot of internships. And then I think we're in a cool spot to break in because of TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So I think creating your own content is super important. The first thing I do if I'm hiring somebody is I look them up on social. So if you want to do entertainment news, make sure you're branding yourself with entertainment news. If you want to be a director, like direct short films. And I, I think especially that's a lot of extracurriculars at CMU help a ton with that. Absolutely. Is there professional help that you had going into this, you know, applying for internships, applying for jobs? Were there people at CMU that helped you with that? Was it kind of your own search? How did you start this process? I had seen for the internship, I had actually gotten an internship at what's the ABC news affiliate in Flint. Anyways, I've gotten an internship there. And I'm like, I think local news is depressing. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can do this forever. And so I don't know why I was like, I'm going to turn it down. And I'm going to apply for this internship in LA. I saw a poster at CMU is how I even found out about the internship program. But I think Professor Sykes wrote me a letter of recommendation for that and sort of helped me prepare like say this, don't say this. He's still there, right? He just retired, but we're actually interviewing oh. him this week. Oh, okay. Tell him I said hi. We definitely will. Any other professors that kind of helped you along the way? You probably were busy in your master's program. Patty Williamson and then Heather, I'm blanking on her last name, but Heather as well were probably the two that I would talk to the most. And then every like working with MHTV, I think that was also just like getting that hands-on experience was super important. Did you have any personal projects while you're with MHTV? I think we had, we had like a Jason's Guide to College show, which I'm, it's very embarrassing <laughs> to watch back. I have it on Vimeo somewhere. Um, and then New Central was kind of my main beat. Did you submit for any MAB awards with New Central? Yeah, I won, I think it was my first or second year. I won the like news broadcast award for production. That's amazing. And who knew now you're working in production? It's not as hard as it sounds. <laughs> like <laughs> once you just, once you start doing it, it just sort of happens. Did you also study broadcasting for your undergrad or did you have a different type of degree? No. So I went to undergrad for music, actually. Okay. I initially wanted to be a choir teacher and then I had to observe the classrooms and I was like, this is not for me. Um, and so I added on a comm minor knowing I wanted to do something in production or broadcasting. And then how'd you end up at CMU? My mom actually went to CMU and I have family that lives in Mount Pleasant. So I, I always knew they had a good like broadcasting program and there weren't a ton of like local grad schools doing broadcasting in Michigan but sort of always the only one I was looking at. Did you have any solid friendships that you made along the way while you're at CMU? Yeah I actually um, I don't know if you know Chelsea Briggs but she it's funny we were sort of moving up the red carpet world together and we're both like CMU Michigan people so she was a fun one to like know we'd always see each other at events and we still keep in contact. That's awesome. Do you see any other chips out in the wild or is it just kind of 
so busy living in LA and NYC. I, I guess there's so many people. I saw, I've seen a couple when they like come and visit New York, but not in like my immediate like work circle. It's, it's so funny getting to hear from different people because we've interviewed a lot of different people from different areas, different media paths. And it's interesting getting to hear their different perspectives because some people still see everybody. Some people kind of have their own home base now. It's probably a different way of life. So is it hard not seeing those people that you kind of grew with? Or is it nice to still, I guess, keep contact over social media? I feel like because of social, you sort of like know what's going on with everybody. And once you start working, you're so busy that it's like, kind of don't have time. (laughs) Would you say your career is a dream job? Does it feel like work? Does it feel like fun? Yeah, I love what I do. Uh, Definitely a dream job. I think it's interesting because the more I work, the more I don't know where I'm going to end up just because the industry is changing so much. I never thought I would go into development and it sort of just fell into my lap, but it's been really fun. Do you think that you'll end up staying in New York somewhat in the same career path? Are you open to new opportunities? I love New York. i I lived in LA for five years. I love LA too. So I, I, I'll stay in one or the other. I think eventually I want to start my own production company, but not for like five or 10 years. That's a, it's a good goal though. And you're young, you have all the opportunity. Maybe you'll have some CMU grads come join you, help you start your business. Yes, that's perfect. After graduating, it sounds like you hopped right into Los Angeles and then eventually transitioned to New York City. What was that transition like from going from Mount Pleasant kind of a small town to a big city. I had always known I wanted to live in a big city, but it's really hard to get a job in New York or LA before you live there. Even now, like if I'm hiring a PA or something, it's like, we need you to start tomorrow. So you have to sort of be there. So I had saved up enough money for three months of a sublet. (laughs) I was just like, I hope in that three months I find something. And so I worked at Urban Outfitters when I first landed in LA and then I was a personal assistant and then got my first like production job. And then after I got the production job, then came the red carpet jobs and all of that. But it's, it's definitely like a hustle. Gotta have the hustle to get there and you gotta have the drive to complete that. That's it's good to know. Is there any advice you have for students trying to make that transition? I would say as much as you can build your network before you move, do that. So even like right before I graduated, I would email all the producers I knew and be like, this is what I'm working on at Central. Watch this broadcast or watch my reel. And then when I got there, I'd be like, can we meet for coffee? Can you set me up with other people in the industry, you know, to talk to? But just building the relationships is so much more important than like what's on your resume. Would you say most people are kind of giving in that sense? Did you face a lot of rejection? How did that process pan out? For informational interviews, everybody that works in the entertainment industry is obsessed with themselves. So they love to talk about their careers. So getting them wasn't the problem. Getting an actual job is competitive. And there's always going to be somebody that knows somebody or somebody who's a nephew of somebody. So it's more a numbers game than anything. I would say I probably applied to like 300 jobs (laughs) before landing one. And I probably interviewed at like 15, 20 of the places. So it's, it's just like, you just got to keep going. And I've, I've been on interviews where it didn't work out and then they'll call you back for something later. So even like see those interviews, even if you're not getting the job as an opportunity to expand your network, I think is important. Was it tough 
facing kind of a lot of rejection or was it just growing you as a person? Oh, no, it sucks. Okay. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. You just have to pretend like it, it doesn't phase you. And I think especially now, it's transitioned into what I do now because I'm in development, which is a lot of sales. So it's like you pitch 10 shows, maybe one gets a development deal if that gets a pilot and then do a TV show. Like you're going to face rejection sort of the whole way through. So you'll you'll develop a thicker skin, but no, it's, it's still hard. You talked about sales. Was that something you had experience with prior or did you kind of have to learn a lot as you moved into your new roles first in LA and then New York? The like money part of it and the business side for sure had to learn. I feel like if you're like doing red carpets and stuff, it's a lot of like trying to sell yourself to get the interview or knowing how to pitch and do all of that. So that part came naturally, but definitely the business side was something I had to learn. And how'd you learn how to pitch? By doing it. You just sort of, you'll, I mean, I've watched people do it, so I didn't like throw me in a room to do it in the beginning. But if you have a good idea, it's pretty easy to sell it and you just have to be able to read people. Did you ever study interviewers on red carpets before you had made your way over there, just watching interviews and trying to pick up on good things and bad things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch everything. And then I would even in the beginning, like watch myself back and like write down notes and just critique what I would do. But yeah, 100% watching. And I think interning the extra, you're like with some of the greatest. So watching how they do and handle it was important. And then you talked about being someone to learn how to pitch on a red carpet and then now having to pitch to sales teams. Did you find yourself kind of growing and or changing from those two positions? Because I can't imagine they're totally different, but they're not, you know, the same. So how was that change? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Did it just come with time? It kind of happened naturally. And it's funny because the people like as you grow, you'll on red carpets, there's like publicists that rap like nobody names and then they'll get bigger names. And it was sort of the same. So I still talk to those people now. They have better clients. And so it went from doing that on red carpets to then when I was at Cosmo, we're booking for longer shoots or for series. And so that was easier to get like time with those people to develop series. I fell into development because we had a show at Cosmo that we had sold to Facebook Watch when they were first launching like series. And they didn't renew it, but the CW bought it as like a Saturday morning series. And so I show ran that and then that just sort of came into, okay, we've already done it with this show. Let's keep doing it. Has there been a standout moment or proudest moment you've had from your career as a whole? I, uh, I'm trying to think of, there's going to be something exciting next year <laughs> that I just sold that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. So coming soon. Um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, I think it's just cool to keep working and keep growing. Like, there are a lot of, especially working in like the celebrity world, there are a lot of like crazy, like pinch me moments. Like we did a Cosmo shoot at Miley Cyrus's childhood house and we're like in her bedroom and she's reading her diary and you're like, this is my life. This is weird. So a lot of like small moments like that, for sure. On the flip side, what has been the most challenging part of your career? Definitely hearing no. You hear it all the time from the beginning till now. And then I think just sort of figuring out what you want to do next, because there's so, especially when you're starting off, there's so many options. I think it's important to like get a job and then get a side hustle just so you can get like as much experience. A similar question, but were you met with any sort of adversity along the way uh, first deciding that you want to work in entertainment and then having to kind of climb the ladder up. Was there any sort of like conflict adversity that kind of, kind of hurt, but also grew you into the person you are today? You don't make a lot of money when you start out. Like I think I was making $500 a week, which in LA is like nothing. And so I think in my mind, I was like, Oh, I'm going to move to Hollywood. And once I get a job, it, like 
I'm going to be rich. <laughs> it's going to be good. And you, you don't make money for a while. And so I worked at a clothing store like full time for a year and a half while I was a production assistant and doing red carpets just to like pay the bills. So th there's definitely just like a hustle. But I think doing that paid off down the road because you're able to like hop from project to project, focus on a lot of things at once. So it paid off in the long run for sure. Now that you've kind of gone past that, do you look back on those moments and kind of laugh or just think, oh, what a memory? Oh, yeah, we were crafty. <laughs> we were like, we'd sneak into uh, like events and parties for the food and do all that. But it was it was fun. Sounds like the hustle of a college student, too. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty similar. Do you ever hear from people looking up to you, seeing that you're in like such a high and important role? Do you ever consider yourself as that? Or do you still kind of just feel like same old guy from Michigan? Yeah, I don't feel like I've, I don't think my personality has changed since I was like 12. <laughs> so it feels, feels the same. Do you have those experience where people are like, oh my goodness, it's so exciting to meet you? Or is it just kind of, you know, normal at this point to just kind of present yourself like that in that role? I did TikTok for like, I was trying to learn it just because it's like, they're probably going to start buying content soon. And so I was like, I'm going to do it for 30 days. And I just fell into the niche of like career TikTok. And so from that, I got like, I think five or 600 like LinkedIn messages being like, oh my God. And so that was um, cool. But I don't mind talking to people when they reach out because that's how I got all of my first jobs is like people reaching out and asking. So that's awesome. And then talking about TikTok, what do you see the future of social media? I feel like some of our platforms are changing. What do you predict for the future? It's hard to say. It's interesting because it's like right now working for a digital media company, we're competing with 12 year olds in their bedroom just for that time. So it's interesting to see how that evolves and to see how like are A-list celebrities really going to be a thing in the future? It's hard to say, but I don't know. It's hard to predict the future. I think it's just important to know a little bit about everything just so you can sort of pivot when you need to. Working in a media field, it can be easy to get caught up in the go-go-go of things, especially living in a big city. Is it hard to find time for yourself or to balance, you know, your professional life versus your personal life? I think I've gotten to a point now where I'm like running the team and managing things that like... I can make the time. When you're starting off, it's really hard just because it's like you're at the bottom of the totem pole. You don't want to be the person that asks to leave early. You still have bills to pay. You still So it's, I definitely burnt out, I think, in my 20s, but it's kind of just part of it. It's probably like <laughs> something for a therapist to look into, but yeah, and burnout, burnout is real. Any tips for surviving that? I would say you'll find a good group of friends that are all sort of doing the same thing. And it's funny, the people I met when I was like 22, 23, starting out that are still in the industry, are still the same people I talk to today. And so everybody's sort of going through it together, which I think helps. I think for me, finding work-life balance when you're first starting out is super, super challenging. I would always schedule like a 5 a.m. workout class or something that was like just something I could do because your call times are like, six or seven a.m. And then usually on the weekends in the entertainment industry, like people shut down. So that's when you can like have fun and stuff. But it's I mean, it's really, really hard in the beginning to find work life balance because there's it's just so competitive. I think a lot of the like bigger companies and there's a lot of unions and stuff happening everywhere are fighting to make it a little bit more livable where you're not necessarily gonna have 16 hour days on set, but it's not there yet. <laughs> so it, it, it is challenging. Do you have any regrets about your career at all? I don't think so. I think everything is like a, a learning experience, I guess. Do you have like a mantra that you follow when getting into a career and going to work every day? 
I would say you can't take things personally because it's never about you. Even, like if you're getting rejected from a job, I, in the beginning, I would, I remember I had an interview at E! News and that was like my dream job. And I crushed the interview. It went really well. And they hired somebody else. And I, maybe this is my regret. <laughs> I emailed them and I was like, anything I could do differently next time? And they're like, no. And it's like, they just hired somebody that knew somebody. And that's nine times out of 10 what happens. So like, even if you're the most qualified candidate, if somebody knows somebody, they're probably going to get the job over you. Is it hard to kind of hear or get feedback when you're applying for a competitive role, such as the one at E? No. And I think I would say learning how to take feedback is super important. Even now, like managing people, if I'm like watching a cut and giving notes, it's like, I'm not doing this for fun. It's my job. So like, if somebody is like pushing back a lot on feedback or on like notes or anything like that, it makes your manager's job more challenging. So just being able to like smile and be like, okay, got it. We'll go a long way. For the students out there that are interested in pursuing a job like yours, either, you know, the one that you're doing right now or how you started off in LA, do you have any specific advice for them how to start, you know, first steps once you're getting ready to graduate? I would say like make a plan to move first and foremost because you you really have like you'll you'll hear like one or two stories of people that magically applied and got a job but that's not the norm so make a plan to move and then just like don't be afraid to ask people for help i always use linkedin i always tell people use linkedin like you're on tinder where it's like send them a message send them a compliment and then be like can i hop on a call and like talk about your career people will love that and the more you can do that the more jobs will open up and then i think it's important to just like I've seen so many people that moved to LA when I did and just looked for the entertainment job. And so ran out of money and had to move back home. So for me, it was like, let me just find a job, any job, work to Urban Outfitters. And then once you have that and have money coming in, you can like really focus on the career job. And then academic wise, is there a specific skill that you'd recommend students work on while they're still in school or maybe a specific class to take that would prepare them for this more? I would say as much as you can learn about everything, like even if you never want to shoot, learning how to like turn on the camera and build the lights is going to make you more marketable for a PA job. If you never want to edit, say you're on a tape and they need somebody to come on a set and they need somebody to come digitize the tapes, just knowing how to do that is super important. And then I wish I would have paid more attention in media law because you use it every day. <laughs> so I would, I would say that's super important. But yeah, I, I think the more... Cause there's not going to really be, once you're on a job, you're not there to learn, you're there to work. So like as much as you can learn every single part of production, regardless of what you want to go into, I think is important. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I had such a great time getting to know you and learn a little bit more about your career. Yeah. Thank you. That's another episode of Depth of Field, a production of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. A special thanks to our engineer, Michael Pawarski and our advisor, Patty Williamson. I'm Allison Biss. Thanks for joining us.